and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Is there anything else about Britannia? Like, it's hard not to just keep saying the same things over and over. Literally could keep saying the same things over and over again. Uh, I'm personally very grateful for their existence, like, and the fact that the show had them. Uh, something that wasn't planned. And it turned out for me to be, like, one of the best, like, ships ever, personally. Um, they're they're great. And very, very thankful to both the actresses that, like, put 110% into both of those characters um, they cared about them, and you could tell they cared about they their did. characters. They did. They cared about those characters. They cared about that relationship between the two of them and just killed it. And and I'm glad that Heather decided to sing on Glee, because like their song, the, every song they had together was, was just awesome and super well done. Uh, I wish they had more duets them. together. Me too. Their because duets were it, There's a lot fun. of Santana singing to Britney. But yeah, cool. They, Cause like Naya has the more vocal training, so yeah, like I get it. And Heather will yeah. just dance. Heather's just and it's dancing. just really Heather's... sweet when they're singing and dancing together because it's yeah. like they're just sharing their passions. They're having fun. With each other yeah, exactly. It's just so sweet. Yeah, the two of them, the cutest. <sighs> uh, but okay, speaking cool. of Heather singing, uh, yes. I just want to touch real quick because I forgot to mention it. Her song, My Cup. The full version, because oh it doesn't make sense in the show because you don't hear the beginning of it. But the whole thing is freaking hilarious. <laughs> she said she ended up singing it on TikTok when uh, Glee, I guess you called it the revolution, not revolution. Uh, no, the Renaissance. Glee Renaissance. Was, meaning they brought it back and made it yes, as popular. That, again. I was like, I, I couldn't figure the out Glee the Renaissance. Word. But yeah, so when that happened, she did sing it acapella, and her son is just playing the guitar in the background. That's Not so to the song, but she's just singing on top of it, and it's, it's adorable. So I, I love that song. <laughs> and then Naya breaking character in it. It's just, it's so cute. They're, they're the best. Okay, so our next ship is the one that Pior and I were not aware of until we went online. 
Uh, yeah, until I um, started making friends that were like super in the fandom. Like I wasn't really involved with this fandom, um, but like I was super into Glee and this ship. But I have friends that were super in the fandom and their sapphic ship of choice was Fabery, which was Rachel and Quinn. I, I don't understand. I'm like... And not, like I don't them? understand anything about this. Uh, apparently, well, because it's like enemies to lovers, which some people prefer, which I get as a trope is super fun. But apparently there's just, that was a thing. Like people were just like, no, them. That's the sapphic ship. Rachel annoys me too much for me to want to ship her with anybody. But if they um, would give her more down to earth <laughs> moments, they did give them her and Quinn some moments. So I get where it came from because they did share stuff with each other at times, but it wasn't that much. So I didn't realize more... that they were a thing for They're people not. until We're... I was reading fan fiction, and then that's when you yeah. had to realize what people. Two people ship together. People were shipping them. And I think where that comes from is, again, at the time when Glee was airing, it was in the era of queer subtext. So oh, people were yeah. picking up on all the subtext and being like, oh, no, this is the ship. Like, this is because this is what we're used to. We're used to this. That I think that's really where that came from. And, like, the generation of people that were really watching it that were experienced in fandomy things that was the queer content we were used to was subtext so people were picking up on all of the subtext and again there's inconsistency with all the writing so there are some lines that are in there that come out of nowhere and that can be easily read into so i think that's kind of the birth of it all and it's like when you don't have when you don't have it you just create your own content so i think it's like that fandom thing where it's like a game and it became a collective and everybody just started making their own um basically art <laughs> for I'm i don't understand it i wasn't in the generation you, with you are not a subtext, subtext person <laughs> no i'm just I like you need to blatantly person. tell me that two people are together for me to see it because i don't like assuming things it's also why i don't have gaydar <laughs> but uh they do make quinn's queerness explicit in the show during regionals i think or whatever where her and santana hook up that basically. was a wedding that was, was it a wedding? Shoe's I couldn't wedding, remember. I believe. Okay. Whatever. Fuck Mr. Shoe. But yeah, yeah, the two of them actually hook up. So like Quinn does have a queerness, so like not out of nowhere. I just really fucking hate Rachel. <laughs> so like I don't yeah. want to ship her with anybody. I just want her to leave. I mean <laughs> To be honest, we could ship the Unholy Trinity together. I would rather ship the Unholy Trinity, honestly, than because Rachel's not in that. That's Britannia plus Quinn. Like, sure, I do have that to makes, say, like, that the, makes way more sense. The Quinn and Santana storyline, it was very random, but their acting made it work. And I know because I believe that they were closer off screen as well. Probably. Oh God, the way Diana got screwed by the show too. Like, I don't know as just, much about. It just Diana. became. It just became the Leah Michelle show. That's what yeah. ended up at Ryan. She was Ryan Murphy's favorite, and he gave her everything and like screwed over everybody else. Because like Diana is like was probably like the most well known actor in that in the core Glee group, and they like gave her nothing outside of like the teen pregnancy. At, like they never knew what to do with Quinn. Honestly, what, they just what like did she do like, before Glee. I don't know her history, but like she was like okay. an actual actor who had like stuff okay. under her belt versus like Leo is more Broadway uh the 
actress that played Tina was more Broadway, already same thing. They were more like Broadway mm-hmm. actors versus Diana was more in like movie, TV um, type of acting before this. So she had more like more of a resume, I guess, in this area. Um, and like could actually act and like could actually sing. And like she was very talented, but they did, the writer didn't know what to do with her because they centered everything around Leah Michelle. And so after the teen pregnancy, which I hate that plot line so much. That was her plot line. Um, after that, it's like they didn't know what to do with Quinn ever. Like they just, mm-hmm. they gave her like a burnout phase. They gave her that oh, yeah. really weird, I gave up my child for adoption. I want the child back. Weird plot line with like Indina Menzel. And then they never knew what to do with Quinn after that. She just, she sometimes she wouldn't have lines. She got in the car accident and was relevant for a few episodes. Like, they just, they never, she became, like, a character, the one of the first characters to to tell token plot lines, which ended up being what later generations of Glee, season four and beyond, yeah. really leaned into. And she was the first character, which is sad, she was a main character, and then they're like, we don't know what to do with you. Because the, the lead, the lead became, the lead was Leah, and just, like, all the female plots got put on her and Diane, nothing happened with Diana. They just didn't know what to do with her. Yeah, it really sucks really with her because like, she got close to Mercedes in season one because they took her in. I would love to see more of that relationship because they got really close. Yeah, and then they just abandoned it. Because the writers the writers on the show are famous for that. They would build something and then just abandon it and never talk about it ever again. And you're like, why are, what am I watching? The show is so weird. I would like to um, know what the show would be like without Leah Michelle. Oh, God. Probably less stressful for everybody involved. Oh my god, like everybody in the group be like, God, guys, we can breathe. We're good. She's apparently a tyrant behind the scenes. And like Brian Murphy fed into that and made it a very toxic work environment. Um, But we won't dwell on that. But yeah, nobody knew what to do with Quinn. But like Quinn actually became like, you know, exploring her queerness and stuff. And so there was that with Quinn. Um, But I don't get the Fabry thing. I know some people are just their diehard. That was their ship, their sapphic ship. And they didn't like Britannia. I'm like, probably because Britannia was real. Um, but I, I don't get it, personally. Because I just don't like Rachel. I thought Rachel was fucking annoying the whole time. I do get it just because I... But I have to, like, literally ignore every problematic thing Rachel does. So, like, there's only, like, a few right. scenes it's, that right. are possible to think about. Yeah. But yeah. It's really so, difficult. That's a thing. If you're into it... No shade. Hey, more more queer ships the better. I didn't see it until later when I realized like how big of a thing that really was in the fandom while it was happening because I just wasn't in the fandom. Yeah, I have no idea what was happening during it. Yeah, that show was a mess. Anywho, so that was February. Uh, Curtain Blaine. Clane, Clane, the other queer Clane. ship. Um, really, I don't that like we... that ship name. Clane. But I don't know. The other ship maybe would be Bert, so... And that's the dad, that's right? That's weird. <laughs> yeah, so... Kurt and... And, uh... Blaine. I almost called him Blaine. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so... I liked them as a, as a couple. I thought they did a good job with them really, like, establishing their cup mm-hmm. their their essentially relationship and going through it it didn't feel forced it didn't feel like a to- oh here's again the they messed them gig. up later but we're gonna start oh my god no i'm talking about like the first three the beginning the first three seasons like when they really like were building the couple i thought they did a very good job and like uh and mostly it was from kurt's perspective which he's the one of the the leads mm-hmm. so that kind of makes sense um so i really liked it and then through blaine we got to see other schools um 
And yeah, I really liked the two of them. I liked Blaine as a character. But like once we got Blaine, Blaine became like the go-to male singer. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we have to get him in the Glee Club. And then he, it just became the Leah Michelle, the Rachel Blaine show. Because, yes, again, very like, he's another established theater actor, beautiful singer. So we're trying to sell things. So they just got him on board so he can have duets with and Leah Michelle. A spoiler, basically. if you've never seen Glee and if you've never seen Glee, I don't know why you're watching this. Um, he becomes the new Rachel. In season four. So, yeah, it's, like, always about the two of them. And maybe that's why I don't like Blaine as much. So, like, this ship is, like, kind of hard. But their song, um, that the the dream sequence, like, on the rooftop when they're singing Oh, the West Side Story song? Yeah. That, I love that one. Yeah, that was a big plot. The West Side Story auditioning and all of that stuff. Yeah, like no, they're both they're phenomenal musical no, I don't theater. Think it was West Side Story because they were in New York already. Oh, and they oh sorry, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I thought you meant that one. Doesn't no, matter. No, um, no, it was like something. They were in New York. And... Oh, okay, then never mind. I don't know. Yeah, but like you probably wouldn't know. Again, they're just. But I, I liked Blaine and 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 you know the clean plot line. I love the way it becomes like people are obsessed with them. <laughs> Like, as, like, a mockery of that kind of thing. That keeping the satire thing going. But the two of them, again, they had a they had a fairly healthy relationship, too. Um, and, again, Fox portraying positive male gay couples, which was very unheard of in that kind Did of you hear high that, school um, environment. I think, I think Blaine dated Dave at one point. Oh, did he? I don't remember. Yeah, no, this was season six. Or end of five. Uh, like they they really mess things up. Again, they once it once we get to season four, it goes off the rails. Um, it, it was going off the rails, but it goes off the and they just again there was just tokenism. They were just creating drama. Uh, I'm not surprised by that one bit. But <laughs> yeah, overall, I thought they were very positive. I liked them. Uh, the fans got insane over the two of them and were like stalking the actors, and they got oh, crazy. Yeah, because like. The actor that plays Blaine is, like, married and has, like, a kid and they're, like, harassing him and, like, all this stuff. And anyway, but, like... I don't blame Chris for, like, getting out of acting. Because what yeah, he went through. They went... <sighs> yeah. It's, uh, not I wish cool, this show but... did not ruin people. <laughs> this show, like, ruined people's lives. Like, it was a hot ass. Um, but their, their, their relationship was really... I like their relationship a lot. And especially, like, the support from Kurt's dad. Kurt's dad is, like, good ally good dad yeah i love him uh they they messed up a lot of characters we we made a whole they, list yes. of characters we want to oh, talk yeah. about that definitely deserved better they were done dirty and i'll talk about the season four kids at the end since they're my core group of people that i know <laughs> All right, so who do you want to start with? Uh, first on our list is Mercedes. Oh my god, Mercedes. <sighs> she was done so dirty. First of all, Amber Riley has one of the most gorgeous voices ever. And was... Okay, so the original Glee, cla- Glee class, like the club, was like Kurt. I think Artie was there. Mm-hmm. Tina. Uh, Mercedes. Rachel. 
think that was it. Like the original. Yeah. There was like group. five. There was them with Mr. Shu, and then they had to recruit by like Mr. Shu stalking children in the locker room to find singing football players who were naked. That happened, uh, and then we got Cheerios from there. Creepy, but those are the original five, right? So we're set up to like that's those are the underdogs who are rooting for them, right? But only like two of those core members actually get consistent like lines, solos, and songs throughout the whole show, which is. Rachel and Kurt. Mercedes, Tina, Artie get like shafted hard. <laughs> and the, the ones who get shafted hard really quickly are Tina and Mercedes. <sighs> well, Artie, like literally. Artie has more plot lines. Yeah, Artie, no, I yeah, Tina I gets screwed the most. Like, Tina has the plot yes. line about the stuttering. And then she has Asian centric stuff and that's it and then there are there are some episodes where like tina doesn't she know never gets to sing. tina has like one or two solos in the whole show and like i forget the actor's name she's literally she was literally a broadway actress alongside leah michelle yeah like has the, the same, same resume they were in the same stuff together like so she's just as talented but leah michelle was ryan murphy's favorite so she got everything and the actress that has the play Tina got shafted. Um, her, Tina, the actress that plays Tina, and Artie, actually, they were friends because he also grew up in the theater scene. And they actually have a show called Showmance that's a podcast. Yeah, and really they talk good. about, they talk about it all the stuff on And it's like, they're actually like, uh, have a distributor and everything. Like, the, the show got that. bigger recently. Good. And they like kind of talk about all their journey and they have other cast members on it and crew and stuff. So if you're interested, go hang out. Go listen to them because like, they were supremely talented and got completely screwed by the show. Yes. Uh, mostly Tina. Tina had nothing. They also didn't know what to do with Tina, but very front, up front didn't know what to do with that character. It took them, like, switching bodies, like, switching characters, and, like, when she gets hit on the head, to actually give her a Rachel song. It's ridiculous. Like, we had to in- concoct insanity to give Tina a solo. Like, what? <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, it was just, it was just so stupid. And then Amber also falls into that bucket as Mercedes, where she, she did just, get more. She did get more. She got more music, but, but she needed better storylines. She had like no storylines, like virtually yeah. none. She had some in the beginning. Again, in the beginning, when it was like the core five, like trying to navigate high school together in this club. Like she had more stuff. Like Mercedes, uh, Mercedes got plots when she had boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Which is annoying. And in the treble tones, there was... Which is why I like the treble tones, because yeah. it gave those girls, like, more of a plot versus, like... And the treble tones also gave us um, Brittany sing, Stop the violence. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stop the violence. I love Brittany. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the treble tones are great. But, like, Mercedes had nothing outside of, like, having boyfriends. Or, like, body positivity, I think, type... Um, which they do again later. Right. They do multiple times. So it was just, they didn't know what to do with her, but they gave her more singing. And all of the stuff that she leads is just insane. And her, she has the best duets with Santana. Yes. That's her all next of them are iconic. The They're the best. Oh, River Deep Mountain High. I think I could listen to that. Iconic. Forever. Yeah. Iconic. 
iconic. They're they're so their duets are just that high note in there that uh, Amber hits is <sighs> ridiculous. I know she's so good. It's so also stupid the we'll way. see it a little bit in the uh, whole compilation that I chose that I'm making everybody watch. Um, but her and Melissa Benoist together are really good as well. Oh, I'm sure Melissa's a very good singer too. Yeah, she is. I love her. <laughs> yeah. But this is about right now. No, to wrap up the core five, Artie too, uh, kind of became Artie had more plot lines, but he got lost too. Like Yeah. As like we got Blaine, it just became like the male stuff centered around Finn and like Rachel stuff in the beginning. And then when Finn went away, it just Blaine and well, Rachel. Artie did get over. that directing. Apparently he couldn't sing or act, so he had to direct. Oh, I don't when really he was know. directing West Side Story? Yeah, and then he went, I annoying. think he did more. And then he went yeah. to film school. Um, but, like... A lot of his storylines were the wheelchair. And, like, yes. Tina making him, like, telling him he should walk or, like, want to walk. Something like that. I don't know. Well, I think already, if I remember that episode correctly... A kudos to the actor, again. Like, mm-hmm. he had to learn how to do all that stuff, like, in the wheelchair. And kudos to whoever did the choreography, because they did incorporate the wheelchair in, in really great ways. Like, again, showing, like, you don't need to be able-bodied to, like, pursue theater. Great message. In that episode, I think it was one of those things where Artie, again, is young and doesn't, under like, isn't fully accepting the fact that this is permanent. So Tina was trying to be supportive and, like, tell him what he wanted to hear. That's what that was. When she's like, you know, maybe if you try hard enough, maybe, like, more time... That's what that episode really was. She was trying to, like, be supportive of him because mm-hmm. he wasn't fully acceptive of his position. And at the end, he is. And he's more like, okay, this is my life. I have to deal with it kind of thing. That's what that episode was about. Yeah. Um, there's another character who becomes kind of core, but sideline. Mike. Oh, my God. Yeah, Mike. Jesus I knew you forgot about him. <laughs> Well, he wasn't, he wasn't a core. So then yeah. once, like, we had the core guys, the f- uh, shoe-stocked Finn, and then get the football guys on, um, mm-hmm. which attracted oh, so the I cheerios. forgot how we got Mike. Uh, Mike came, so Mike, again, I guess, I think Harry was uh, signed to be a dancer, mostly. Just, yeah, like, the he was, like, Heather the counterpart was. to Heather. He was Heather's counterpart. Phenomenal dancer. And so, and they make that a running joke, that all he knows how to do is dance. Um, and over time... I forget. Over time, he he has his own episode later in season three when he's like, hey, I'm more, the, it's Asian A, I think it's the episode, where he's like, hey, I want to pursue theater. And like, he's been working on his singing and he has a song where he sings. I think he does Singing in the Rain with Shu. Um, I think he sings it. So like, he worked on singing like oh, Heather the did. Singing in the Rain uh, mashup. It's Singing in the Rain and... And another song, but it's so good. I love that version of it. Yeah, so he he's another one. And what was the other football player's name that came with Finn? We looked that up earlier. Matt. Yeah. Matt got screwed the most. Because, again, they were there to be, like, backup, nothing, no really talking kind of line. They were, like, Brittany and Santana, but, like, the boy version. And so um, Matt dates... Is it, what? Go ahead. Singing in the Rain and Umbrella. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Matt gets a plot line where he's dating he's dating Mercedes. Oh yeah, that is his for like plot a hot line. for like a hot minute, and then after that he's gone and has like no more lines. He never ha- sings. He never has a song. 
And they forget about him so much that they just write him out of the show. So that was him. So he gets royally screwed. And then um, Mike He comes Chang, back in season six, though, and it's hilarious. Because they have to address their issues and their mistakes. Fuckery, yeah. I think he, has, he comes back in a couple episodes in season six. That's really funny. Well, good for him <laughs> at the end. But, like, they did nothing with him and didn't even include him in season two. And just says that he transferred schools. Right. He's gone. Whatever. Um, and never talk about him again. And then Mike Chang is there pretty much since the beginning. And, like, again, he just gets an... As it comes, like, a token stereotype um, with the Asian A episode. And that's his plot line. And, that's it. and then he dates Tina, and that gives Tina something to do. And they don't ever really give them anything, those two characters. But, like, he does get an opportunity to sing, like Heather did, uh, as Brittany. And he was just such a phenomenal dancer. And they just... They didn't know what to do with that guy at all as a character they had too many characters that they so they didn't know what to do and i get that it's an ensemble show but it's the leah michelle's show so it's yes. not really an ensemble show no it, that's the problem it's like, an if it ensemble was really a, subplot show correct so if it was truly ensemble you would get these characters involved with other characters plot lines which is they like kind of what they did in the beginning but then they abandoned that for like topic centered like we're gonna deal with trans people today, and like again, it did it did it became less about the characters themselves, more about Leah Michelle and getting her solos, and less about like the other characters. So like some characters they just never knew what to do with and didn't do anything with them. Period, and they just strung them along. Like uh, Quinn and Mike Chang is another one. Didn't really do anything with him. Um. So like one of the <sighs> bigger people will that we have on the list. I'm gonna save the others. I'm gonna go a little out of order. Dave. Because Dave. they did more with him towards the end and, like, gave him substance. So, you actually asked me to put him on the list, so I want to hear but, your reasoning. But, like, again, with Dave, it's different. So, Dave is a true tertiary character. Mm-hmm. Like, a true one. Versus, like, your ensemble. And they tr- they gave him more substance than Tina, who was yes. an actual core member. That's an issue with the writing for the show. Major issue. They give more substance to a tertiary character. I added Dave because Dave is another queer character who goes through a really great plot line. Um, it's sad and it's triggering and things like that, but it's very real. And I think it was a really important story to tell, especially in Ohio, um, you know, kind of like red state, blah, 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 whatever. Great plot line where he, you know, he's the bully. He's Kurt's bully um, in the beginning. And, it tur- and we get the reasoning for his uh fixating on Kurt and trying to like bring him down all the time and it's the same reason that Santana verbally abuses everybody he it's because he's projecting onto Kurt his own fear about himself which is that he's also gay he's on the football team which like Santana on the Cheerios like that's mm-hmm. not the environment where you know we're supposed to be or whatever he's supposed to be manly and toxic masculinity and all that stuff and so he becomes Kurt's bully but then over time like their relationship involves because he needs help navigating his queerness. He comes to term with it. And Kurt's the only person he knows in the community. And so Kurt, despite having this relationship with Dave as his bully, like ends up helping him navigate his queerness and like coming to terms with who he is. And Dave really struggles with it and his like family and all that stuff and goes through this period of like suicide ideation and attempts to take his own life because he, yeah, he attempts to take his own life, um, 
and the song playing through it is cough syrup and Blaine singing and it's a great song and super it's a powerful sequence it's very triggering I don't remember Um, this I know the song because it plays but I couldn't it was an episode that I had to like not fully watch and not watch more than once because it's just it's too much for me where I am right now so Yeah, it's his whole thing. And again, he does. He gets more than a lot of... Tina. He gets more than Tina. He does. He goes through all of that. And then at the end, comes to terms with who he is, makes amends with with Kurt. He gets a full freaking story arc throughout the entire show, and Tina gets nothing. So that's a problem I have with Dave, is because of the way they treat Tina. If you really contrast the two, it's super fucked up. But him as a character, I think he's really important, and they did a great job with him throughout the whole show. Yeah. I love that. They they did. And you you come to you come to love Dave. Right, when you realize that like why he was doing what so he was much. doing. Right, it puts, you know, and, and I like that they did that with some characters that you're like, "Oh, that's the villain." But it's like, are they a villain or like let's explain their behavior and explore why they're doing why they're acting like that. And like you can see why it's a defense mechanism of somebody who's scared. And that's usually what bullying really is. Mm-hmm. It's insecure people lashing out that's really what it is and uh i like that they took the time to explore him but um the one storyline they did not forget (laughs) yeah no they kept going with dave and and i like again you get learn to love him at the end you're like oh he's lovable he's really a nice guy like once he's like being himself so i thought dave was an important character so i don't know if sugar was part of it but let's talk about how they wanted to make more money and add more characters that they did not need they were just trying to make money. Okay, go ahead. I don't remember as much of Sugar, so I'll let well, you take that away. I don't know if Sugar was one of the... So basically, they had a contest called the Glee Project. Oh, oh. oh no, we need to start with... Okay, let's yeah, transition to... You, I think you, characters... you were around during all of this, so you talked yeah. about that whole thing. Okay, so those little characters we talked about are ones that were casted into the show by normal means. So at the time when Glee was starting to lose its mind, they created... Again, they were trying to sell iTunes songs. So we got more of the hippity-hoppity type of songs as people's plot lines to sell songs and make money. The other way they tried to make money was through a reality contest show called The Glee Project. I never watched it, but the premise really was is they basically, you would come and audition to be on the project and then you would have to like basically come up come as the character you want to be i don't think they told any of the actors auditioning this but you had to basically come as the character you were going to be um and if you won the project you get to be on the next season of glee i that was really what was happening here so the it was like a three episode arc or something like they weren't promised a lot right exactly and they weren't really promised anything but they yeah like you said they were guaranteed a couple of episodes in this in the next season so the first character we get is Rory, who's an Irish, who's Irish, the car- actor's Irish. Um, so again, what they- a leprechaun. So, right. But again, what the, that was just the person, the actor. But again, they didn't do anything with the people that came on, really. They were just like, you have to create your own character is basically what it was. And so the first character is Rory, who's Irish, who comes as the Irish- transfer student they literally did absolutely nothing with this character other than point out the fact that he was irish that was it that was his plot line Um, that's what i'm saying so there's 
they put no effort into like actually like developing them into characters they're just like you whatever you give us in the glee project that is what you're coming as which is why all of the characters that came from that were so flat and one-dimensional because the writers did nothing with them except put them in and they're like okay give me a character like so well, Lori actually... disappeared and just whatever that was the end of him he made no impact on this show whatsoever you can remove all of his scenes and nothing would change in the show yeah unfortunately great that was it done so the actor was done dirty because like they did nothing with him they were just like well you you know they just were trying to make money and by franchising a reality show did nothing with the actors and like made no impact on the show whatsoever some of the uh, people who were in the Glee Project did come in as new kids. In season yeah, because like later on, people who were auditioning are like, oh, I understand what this is now. Because they didn't tell them that when they won the project. They're just like, oh, you get to be a character for three episodes. But they didn't tell them, like, you have to do all the work of like making the character. So we're they, not they literally were like, okay, what character do you want to play? No, they literally gave them nothing. They're just like, basically, okay, you gave us Irish person. We're going to write you as an Irish person. Like, they didn't develop them into characters. And just, like, I kind of want to watch it just to see what the hell it was. I think it was basically, like, they were in the choir room and they had to, like, audition with songs and stuff. And, like, I don't really know the... I don't know if there's any acting component to it. There had to be. But, like, basically... Yeah, like, what, it was, that was, like, the a aud- whole, like, competition. Yeah, I, but, so. like, basically that was the audition. And so whatever you were auditioning as, that was it. That's what they put in the show. Like, they, they gave those people nothing. So... Rory was the first example of that, of them doing nothing. But over time, the contestants caught on to what was happening. And so it, they were more integrated into the show, like Unique. I think Unique was one. And then yes, uh, Unique. The Sugar, Sugar one, too. I don't know about Sugar. I don't think so. I think we, she's a real I, actor. Yeah, I I put Sugar, we put both decided to put Sugar on this list just because she can sing. And they just did not but like sing. That was her character, yeah. though. Her character was supposed to be spoiled rich girl who, like, bought her way onto... Like, so that, to be fair, the actress could do all the things, but, like, yeah. that was the actual character. And I'm sure like she actually dirty. did sing in, like, the background and stuff. Oh, I'm because... sure. That's an extra voice. Yeah. She can sing. Um, but she didn't get much um, more than... Because they called her Sugar Mata Money, I believe. So, like, the money yes, was Yes, that story. was the character. Exactly. It didn't matter. But from the Glee project, the other character was like Joe, who was so unforgettable. I always forget he's in the show. Like, he's just supposed well, to be like... Well, he did quit. I forgot about that. Like, he's so... He was such a nothing... They did nothing with that character. He was nothing. He was just like, I like Jesus. That was his whole personality. That became his personality. And that was it. And that was it. I don't know anything about that character. So Neither does like, Brittany. They... Brittany brings that whole thing up. That And that's... Glee being self-aware, being like, these characters were so unforgettable because the writers did nothing with them. What the fuck? That's what that line was. It was terrible. But yeah, those, oh, super unforgettable. But that was happening to make money off of Glee at the same time. Because they were losing their mind. They were just trying to make a bunch of money off the show. I yeah. want to talk about the new kids a little bit. Now, these yeah. are, this is my core group of people. Like, this is what I know. And it's not great. But also, I can't even look at one of them anymore. But again, That's I watched. That's how I feel the... about Puck. Hmm. That's how I feel about Puck. Oh, okay. And all his so Puck is yours, and yeah. Well, he did it on screen and off screen. That was a horrible person. Um, yeah. Yeah. What we want to talk about? I didn't know about. I didn't know who he was until after everything. He happened, he so. dated Naya. He did. Yeah. He I did was hear a pedophile. That. But he was horrible. 
I did yep. hear about things that happened, but I wasn't, I didn't know what was going on when it happened. Yeah, it was bad. Um, but like, that was an abusive relationship between the two of them. They brought in a bunch of new kids. They gave them storylines in the beginning. And then after a while, after that triangle, the love triangle stopped, they just forgot about all of them, basically. Oh, uh, so who was the love triangle for the people yeah, who may you. not be familiar? Uh, Melissa, who, again, I, Melissa and Marley, they're just, like, way too close in my head, so I only say Melissa. So just say Supergirl, because Melissa Benoist Super went on Girl. from this fuckery to play Supergirl, and that's really, even in the queer community, what she's known for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is very we true. We can do a whole other episode about Supergirl. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> Uh, I think again, I'd probably do the Arrowverse as that episode instead of just Supergirl. But anyway, that's another. Anyway, that's a whole other yeah topic. But anyway, so Super. Can you tell? (sighs) Yeah, not time yet. Caitlin makes her faves known. It's okay. No, that is why we're here. You thirst all you want. No, it's not. uh, There's a whole section. It's not time yet. (laughs) Okay, so the the trio was Supergirl, and then who were the Uh, Jacob and Ryder. And Jacob, wasn't he, like, Puck's cousin? Yes. Like, they're related, aren't no, they? No, yeah. half-brother? I believe half it's brother? half I forgot. Yeah, half-brother. Something like that, yeah. And then He's they end Jake up having Upperman. a nice family meal together with, um... I think they're, they had the... Puck's same, mom? No. They had to have, I like, the remember. same dad, I think, because... Yeah, they had the same dad. Yeah, and then the moms, dad, actually, the moms and the sons got together and had a family dinner, which I thought was actually pretty cute. It was a, it was a cute little Yeah, scene. again... Cute. But yeah, okay, so Jacob is supposed to be a replacement for Puck and Finn. Ryder is... Sam slash Finn? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe? Because he's supposed to be like the unassuming, like... And then Jacob has the bad boy streak. Yeah, so I guess Ryder would be like Finn and... Sam? I don't know. Whatever. But that's the love triangle that's supposed to replace... Uh, Rachel and Quinn. Finn and Quinn and Puck and everybody that ended up in that <laughs> sphere. Like, like the entire group, those three. The group? And then you get right, the, that's... the other new kids that are still there, but it's just the three of them. And then there's Kitty, who is trying to make... Um... Isn't, she, isn't she the Quinn knockoff? Yes, she's the Quinn. Yeah, okay. Um, Quinn knockoff. <laughs> Quinn Santana, but mostly just Quinn. Because she's obsessed with Quinn. And you see this in an episode when the older ki- old kids come back. And they're, like, mentors for the new kids. And Kitty is so obsessed with Quinn. So it's a little on the nose there. <laughs> they actually do pair them up with their... Of course they do. I don't think Counterparts. Um, Marley gets paired up with Rachel. Good. <laughs> but they do get paired up with Counterparts. So, like, that's a, they're, they're, like, very on the nose here. Lazy writing. Mm-hmm. Um... So Kitty, like, makes Marley think that she is gaining a lot of weight, which Marley's mom is the lunch lady, and she is oh, yeah. extremely overweight, and that whole thing, I mean, not, despite, like, not even talk about, like, I know I had, like, my own issues with it, but just how messed up that was, that everybody, all the characters forgot themselves in the beginning of 4 as well, and was just, like, making fun of her. And not realizing, no one knew that Marley was her daughter. So they're making fun of her right in front of Marley. And that whole storyline, like, it just, it hurt because they were poor. So 
Marley had to get uh, tag sewn in her clothes, that, so her mom just wanted the best for her. She's like, "Don't tell anyone that that um, I'm your mom. I want I don't want this school to be bad for you." So it's just, I I love the storylines that Marley was given, just because she was given substance at the beginning. But then they literally just forgot about everyone, and then in the middle yes. of season five, was just like, "Yep, yeah, you're done," and. It's just, it angers me so much because those were my people. <laughs> and then they didn't even say goodbye to them. They gave they them last a year. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And then there were some really great things and really great pair-ups. So I have a, another video. And this is Marley and Unique. The video is not, like, great quality, but I just wanted to show their... how much Marley cares about people and the uh, Melissa and Alex Newell who plays Unique Wade uh, in the show, they're friends out in real life too. So it's always like the people who get close Aww. on the outside you can tell at, they become close um, in the show. So again, the actors just tick, like, oh, too. they actually like each other. We don't have to worry about am animosity. <laughs> they're like it's not a stretch putting those two as friends. Let's do that. Now, unique storyline. That that did go on for a while because it started with that one. Yeah. Uh, regionals or nationals? I think I it was. I don't one know. At one point, they didn't go to nationals and nationals. I know. I, know. I can't keep all that straight. <laughs> four, season four, the one year was four and half of five. Yeah. And it was really weird. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, why unique... I was really confused when I started the show again, because a year was a year and a half when I watched it. It's just, it's very confusing. Yes. But a lot of people were telling Unique to be themselves, and then Marley and that fr friendship just really, Unique became her own and confident, and you saw that confidence, and I think that was really important. To be shown and portrayed. Uh, for those who may not remember who, who Unique is, who is Unique? Oh, you're asking me. Um, yes. So Unique, um, we keep saying Unique, but Wade, Unique is kind of Wade's, like, not alter ego, but kind of like that, because Wade is told to only be Wade in the beginning. So... Jesse, I believe, is like running whatever the rival glee Vocal club adrenaline. is. Vocal adrenaline, thank you. Um, and Wade is. Wade is basically the lead yeah. of that. And he wants to be unique, as in, like, the person. Um, wear dresses, be feminine. And. I believe it's, I think it was Tina and Artie. So two of the New Directions got way to be unique. And because that's who she wanted to be. And she went out there and at one point Jesse's like screaming for her to get off the stage. So that was our introduction to her really. And then the season four, um, Wade's unique came into 
new directions. Climb heights, yeah. Yeah. It's really, this whole world... Basically transit schools. <laughs> yes. And then we get more backstory and more character growth. And then so, Unique ends up uh, being pivotal in Beast's storyline of accepting himself. So Unique is like the first trans character. Yes. Yes. So, yes. right? Yeah. And yeah. Beast is in there too. I think, but... I would say that Unique is more fluid. Okay. I wasn't sure. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the whole. I haven't seen it in a little while and I don't, I don't fully know because I did go back and forth from Wade to, Unique was more consistent later, but Wade wasn't like erased. So I think it was more of a. Non-binary situation. Yeah. But using all pronouns because Alex Newell um, themselves, like they use, I believe they use all pronouns. So I think that's what they were kind of emulating there. Got it. Got it. Got it. Which is great. Again, very, again, unique at the time. They were just a little too on the nose with the name, I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. Again, Glee lost its mind. But the message and that character was very important, period, and huge at the time that it was broadcasting on TV. So yeah, very important character that they brought to the front um, as like a que- as the queer representation in the new group because you had Santana's gone. Uh, Kurt is really gone. Blaine, we never... Uh, Blaine is kind of there, but like... That was a new flavor of queerness that came to the New Directions, basically. Yeah. I think it was a... Yeah, they were doing a lot of token storylines, but I think those storylines, especially at that time, and, you know, if they can get it on Fox, go ahead. <laughs> it's like, put as much diversity on that platform as possible. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's what they were going to, but they would do stuff and then, like, forget about it the next episode, which was my problem. There's no continuity with any of it. But, yeah, yes. anything else about any other new characters? Did you want to get into the triangle? Did you want to get into any other new characters? Um, well, the only new character that I really ever think about is Melissa, and that's my next section. That's my last section, so. What? Oh, okay, so we're going back to Melissa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, we took a break, and then we're going back to Marley. Okay, so who is Marley and, like... Why do you love Marley? What do you have? Well, it's not even just Marley. It's just Melissa. It's <laughs> an actress and a person. <laughs> but no, I love her voice. But do you have anything else for the show and that you want to talk about? I don't think so. Because this section's called Caitlin Just Wants to Scream About Melissa, so we saved it for the end. Go ahead, scream about Melissa. I have a video. Is that all right? Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> because Theor is always saying that it's our podcast and we can do whatever we want. So I made I mean, the outline. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. <laughs> this one's called Best Vocal Moments of Melissa Benoist on Glee. Oh, I guess we should have talked about Beast real quick. What? Coach Beast. Oh, yeah. We did touch on it a little bit, but yeah. Okay, let's let's back up. Maybe if before I we jump like into editing. screaming about Melissa, yeah, sorry. Last, like, I think character worth mentioning is yes. Beast. I I like and hate it at the same time because Beast um, was Beast a lesbian in the show at all? I don't know. They portrayed her as straight, ugly woman. That was yeah, where that, she started. That was awful. No, it, her storyline was awful in the beginning. Um, yeah, they were just like, oh, she's a manly looking woman and just constantly made fun of her. Again, just like the writers just berating people on their looks that she became the butt of all those jokes. And she was the football coach. 
who took over for the other football coach, who I think was a pedophile or some shit. Uh, And so she took over. I'm pretty sure it was something like that. I don't know. Whatever. Beach became the coach. Right. Beach became the coach. Female coach coaching male football. So she had to, like, be tough and, like, Mm -hmm. get their respect and all this stuff. And she just became the butt of all the ugly, you know, she looks like a beast, hence the name. Like, the writers were just mean to her. And then eventually she got the plot line of, I didn't watch any of this. I just know you can fill in here at the trans storyline, I think, is what happened. So, well, at one point, I just want to mention their storyline a little bit. And at one point, um... I don't know if it was just a boyfriend or she was married to a guy and she was getting physically abused. And they had a yeah, whole yeah. storyline about that and <sighs> we won't get into that. Uh that like it, it Yeah, uh, I was skipping that, but yeah, real... that did happen. Yeah, I just wanna really touch on because we've been touching on all the important things that happen for characters. Um I don't really know how it starts. Because again, I, it's okay. Just, well, this was season. What was five, the so. what was the journey? What well, was basically, the journey um, Unique notices that Beast is not comfortable as who she is, and I think eventually she does admit that um, that she's trans and that she wouldn't transition. And I think it was also really important because she was already established in the show. I don't really know what yes. pronoun to use right now. I guess I should use he. I don't remember if it was he or they. I honestly don't know. I, well, these. I know that it, it, he goes by he oh, now. Oh, unique, you mean? No. Okay. Um, got it. Beast. So, like, but beast. talking about beast before transition, I always forget, like, what pronouns you're supposed to use. I just stick with he. Yeah, I'll stick with he I right would now. just stick with he. Yeah. Um, I forgot where I was. Uh, Unique notices that Beast is not comfortable in his skin. Yeah, and he just... um, Oh, okay, I know where I was going. Because he was already established in the school. So it's not like he's coming into a new place and being himself. He has to transition with people already knowing who he is. And, I mean, again, that's everybody in life who transitions. I can't really speak for them. I only know what I've talked to people about. But that's so difficult. So having Unique there to help him through it. And I, we saw it a little bit. Um, Unique gathers this trans choir just to sing. And then Beast ends up going up there and joining them. And it's just such a powerful moment of not only him accepting himself, but just you see everyone being accepting. And... I don't know if there's any, I mean, there's probably a joke or two because it's Glee, but I like that some of these moments were more serious because it is a serious topic and it just makes sure to give the audience a feel of how much that this means to these characters. But I think that hits more from Beast because Beast was an established character, like you're saying, not just like a fixture in the school, but like... We've had time with this character. We've watched this character go through stuff and then coming into their own, coming into their community. It's not like a token plot line for that character. Whereas they like, like they had a character that came in who was like an actual actor who's wheelchair bound actor who had a whole episode 
And then we just forget about this person the next... And that's more... That's what I mean by tokeny. Like, mm-hmm. they would bring people in to have an episode about a topic and then never mention that topic ever again and later contradict the topic. Versus here, like, this is an actual character who was established, went through some stuff. And this is more ensemble sounding like to me, where you had Unique, their paths meet, and they have... They tackle this topic together and form solidarity community. That's what Glee was supposed to be about. Um before it lost it really lost its mind so that seems more like a this is what glee is really about type of episode um, i think there were definitely some that. things where they were trying to get back to the original but like overarching is it depended more... it depended on who wrote the episode that's the oh. thing like, you really go back and watch who wrote the episodes there were some writers who were more consistent about keeping glee glee and then the other ones who just went off the rails like it, that's interesting it was, that's that's why it's so disjointed. I don't think these writers really talk to each other. I wonder if someone had to have done analysis of the writers and, like, plot lines at somewhere. There's... Go listen to Recovering Gleek podcast. That's where I'm getting oh, okay. a lot of this from. Like, okay. they went back and looked at who wrote and was like, this is why it feels like that it was really dependent on who wrote the episode. Okay, like, so they I mean, are the Glee, ones who did Glee, also, also, no, actually, no, uh, Glee Wiki exists. So back, Glee was so big. It had its own, like, the one of the first that have its own wiki they page. Still do. If you go... Yeah. It still exists. So, like, if you go look at Glee Wiki and really want to know about all this, it has all of these tidbits in it, like, documented. Who wrote what, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look, the episodes that feel more wiki, like... But, yeah. This was one of the first. Like, again, this was novel at the time. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't exist. This was one of the first. And, like, all the lore of Glee is really in this wiki page. Things that you really can't find anywhere else. Um, but, yeah, the continuity of the show, it, it depends on who wrote the episode. Like, I swear these writers didn't talk to each other. That's why, like, they would contradict, episodes would contradict each other. And if you go look, they were written by different people. Yeah, it was a mess. Um, So this feels like a OG writer. Because over time, too, like, the OG writers, I think there's only two. But, like, Ryan Murphy and somebody else who, like, were there the whole time. Yeah, it just, yeah, it lost its mind. And it just really, the episode tone depended on who wrote it, really. It was very disjointed. Well, I mean, it was a disjointed show and uh, cast and crew, so. <laughs> but, I mean, if you go look at season one, the original season one, it was not like that. Mm-hmm. This was an evolution of them getting too big, too powerful, too quickly, and trying to just make a bunch of money off of it. And they lost sight of what the show was. And you can really see it. Like, that's why if you start at four, like you did, and then go back and watch season one, it's like watching two different shows. Because it, it was something completely different at that time. It forgot what it was. As what is, which is my frustration with the show and why ultimately I stopped watching it and didn't, I never finished that. I will never finish it because it just, it wasn't Glee anymore. Like it was something completely different and just, that's not what I was watching and not what I want to watch. I really do not know what six is though. Like there, there's uh season one through three, there's season four and five, and then there's six. No, exactly. That is how Glee is broken up. Yeah, it's just Glee is like season six is like gotta be like the fall of Rome. Like even like just... the second half of five is kind of its own thing because everyone goes to New York and they get rid of everybody. It's really weird. It's a hot mess. But there are things to treasure from the show, which is why we're this is why there was a renaissance about it, which is why like people are still talking about it now. There's more of a people and having a conversation. Like, thing, especially with those like, lines. But seriously, like, like it was the show that was talked about. Like this was the most watched television show when it was airing. Like seasons one through three. Like there are stats on it. It is the mo- it was the most watched television show. I can't and people I were just never talk- watched it. <laughs> I don't know how you missed it, to be honest. Maybe you're too young. Um 
at the time, but like it, it was got conversations going globally and like so talked about. And then when it ended, it was so bad at the end. Nobody talked about this show anymore. It became the thing globally that everyone was watching to nobody talked about this. It was like the ending of Game of Thrones. Once it ended, nobody talked about it anymore. It was like the thing everybody was watching, but it was mm-hmm. so bad. Nobody talks about it anymore. After like the coffee just, cup, I've just, never heard of Game of Thrones again. <laughs> it just died. But like, that's what happened to Glee too, you know? So during the pandemic, there was a resurgence about people talking about it again. And it was mostly people who were like, I'm so traumatized by the show because of the way it just like blew up. And so it's worth talking about, but because there, there, there were moments in there and plot lines and characters who were super important, who were so iconic, uh, that we're still talking about it now, even though it just, it was a dumpster fire at the end, truly. Um, so Caitlin, would you like to take it away and yell and scream about your fave as we wrap this episode up? I just love her. <laughs> She's just so great. She's such a great actress. She is. She's just always so happy, and I love her, and she's so cute, and now I'm done. (laughs) All right, well, thank you for coming along on this trip down memory lane, as we said, the good, bad, and in-between of the show Glee. Uh, If you guys had a favorite character, favorite moment, favorite song, uh, please share with us, because I would love to know. There's so many good moments. I'm sure we missed missed some in our recap. We didn't Uh, rewatch the show for this. No, we just did this off the cuff <laughs> of our memories. But uh, yeah, so share with us anything we missed. Anything you want to talk about? At least me about this, because I will talk about this for hours. Can you tell? This is Caitlin's, Caitlin's specialty. <laughs> <laughs> this, I watched this show like three times in a row, and the first time I saw I was going through my glee phase very late in life, okay? <laughs> Caitlin was here for the Renaissance. I'm an OG. It's never too late to watch Glee and be a Glee fan. Just understand what you're getting yourself into because of the history of Glee, which we covered in uh, in Totem in this show. So, hydration, hydration, all time. Okay, now that we've gone, th- <laughs> we've gone through Glee. How many the- weeks has it been? Two. It's been a while. We forgot to do this. Shush, Caitlin. Stop out. <laughs> uh, we've gone through a Glee in its entirety. So, on our hydration scale. How much water would you hydrate for Lesbian Jesus? For Glee, the television All show. of Glee. All of Glee. I mean, you can break it up however you want, but this is just Glee the Project. Not, not, not Glee the Project. No, not the, not the Glee <laughs> Project. Glee the TV show. <laughs> way too many clarifications. Um, Sorry. I'm giving it an eight. That's good. Glee gets an eight. Remember, but if you watched all episodes parts, why you know why? Yeah. Uh, no, I would have to give it. Damn. Usually, I'm the low rater, but no, I want to give it a seven. Um. No, I want to give it a six. Overall, it gets a six for me. Like, for everything we talked about. Most of those come from Britannia and, like, Kurt and Blaine and, like, all the queer representation and, like, the first three seasons. I want to call something out real quick. The way it lost its mind, I can't give it too much as a whole. If you've been watching this whole time as well, you notice that Theora just said Britannia. (laughs) Not once said Britannia throughout filming. It's because I just told her that that was not the ship name. (laughs) 
I can't pronounce words. If you've been watching us this long, that's not surprising. Uh, no. Yeah, but if I but if I had to, that ship though gets a ten for me. Like the ship itself gets a ten, um, and like Kurt, like the queer representation from the first three seasons for me gets a ten. Like them, uh, Brittany Santana, Kurt, Blaine, Kurt's dad. Oh, yeah. Rachel's dad's like overall the queer representation for me gets a 10 from the first three seasons <laughs> but I, overall I can't I can't there's give the some stuff show. you can't discredit though in the last three I I agree it's two. just for me in the, the last two <laughs> Glee is the first I don't know three seasons <laughs> but yeah I think queer representation I give it a 10 as a show personally but the show itself I, gets a six I watched Glee, the Star Wars edition. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that exists. Five, and then one to three. <laughs> you did! You did! Holy shit! Yeah, you did. You went back and watched the prequel. The Wait a minute. Does Glee, the Star Wars edition, actually... No, <laughs> I was I was thinking of something else. Uh, ignore me. But you okay. did. You watched it in Star Wars fashion. Yeah. Uh, it's... If, I, if anybody else watched it like I did, I highly doubt it. But maybe... Supergirl fans, there were some who did it like that. Let me know. Make yeah. me not feel alone. Seriously, let us know if you're on Caitlyn's Star Wars watching for Glee. You have a whole different perspective of the show. <laughs> oh yeah. But hey, that was Glee. Glee was a thing. Glee was Glee had its good moments, its bad moments, but we had a lot of fun with it. And this was overall, a fun it has my heart. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next yes. time. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.